Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. From author Mahogany Silver Rain comes the book, Tell Me You Love Me. Tell Me You Love Me is a paranormal and diverse romance novella. This is the first book in the Kenya Clark series. Breaking the laws of magic, a supernatural serial killer is unleashed on the city of Atlanta, Georgia. Special Agent Kenya Clark of the GBI Paranormal Crimes Investigation Unit has been given the case. Her partner hates anything to do with the supernatural. Kenya has a gift that allows her to see the crime through the eyes of the victim. However, in this case, she sees through the eyes of the killer. To solve the case, she must find out where her connection to the killer is. But will she and her partner be able to work together? Tell Me You Love Me from author Mahogany Silverain is available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions, as well as the author's website, MahoganySilverain.net. Tell Me You Love Me from author Mahogany Silverain. Order your copy today. Two Ink Minimum, book one of the Permanent Hangover series by Michelle Prince. All Finn Gardner wanted was some fresh air when he stepped down to the alley behind the Permanent Hangover bar and tattoo parlor. Instead, he found someone who needed help. His help. Bailey Parson escapes her life in Chicago to find a better one in St. Paul. Not only does she win over the customers and staff with her smart wit and empathy, she wins over Finn as well. But when Bailey's past threatens their relationship, Finn has a decision to make. Just how much of his dark past does he need to unlock to save her? Two Wing Minimum by USA Today best-selling author Michelle Prince. Get your copy on Amazon today. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net Good evening, everyone. This is Mahogany Says, and you're listening to uh, Mahogany Says Show with Mahogany Silverine, author, teacher, and all-around crazy, wild, wonderful person. (laughs) So I thank you for joining me this evening. Tonight, we have a special guest, author Michelle Prince, who is a best-selling USA Today author. Michelle, are you with us? I am with you. (laughs) So how are you doing, Michelle? I am doing great. Yes, I am. Glad to be here. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. Good to have you. So tell me, what inspired you to start writing? Um, I was annoyed with the book. (laughs) I don't know. um, I guess I I wanted to write for a while, but I finally went through, actually it was an entire, it was a series, and at the end of it, I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I was looking out for books that would relate to me and my situation and where I was, I just, I, I found, I couldn't find the stuff. And I had been writing this one prologue for ever. I kind of would write up this one scene and I just kind of throw it away and I kept doing it. And then finally I was like, well, let's see where this goes. So I just kept going and it ended up nice. turning into a four book series. Yeah, and that prologue wow. is the third book of the series. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. The prologue ends up in the third book, but that, that's, that's the way it had to be. So, 
<laughs> well, it fit right in, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. I did. Well, I was like, I was, oh, I'm just going to flash back to when they met, and yeah, that was two books. And then, so, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. It's kind of it like a, a prequel, kind of setting it up for the next yes, books, right? Yes, exactly. I was ready to go with book three before I knew it. So Awesome. So tell me, what was your favorite book growing up? Oh, wow, there's so many. Um, there was a book called The Changeling when I was younger, when I first started getting into chapter books. Mm-hmm. I was a babysitter club. I was a babysitter club girl. I didn't do the Sweet Valley High to the babysitter clubs. Um, oh, and yeah. I loved the Betsy, Tasty, the Betsy Tasty books, which a lot of people don't know. It's like most people read Little House on the Prairie, but I liked Betsy Tasty better. Oh, so, okay. And that they were... Yeah, they were set in Mankato, and there's eight books in the series, and um, kind of followed a, a kind of a wild girl in a small little in this neighborhood in Mankato, and and, she, and all the way to the point where she's growing up and gets married, and so it was, wow. it was a really nice little series. Yeah, it's kind of cool. A few years ago, I went down. They have Betsy Tasty Days in Mankato, and I went down and I did a book signing there. So it's kind of cool, oh. kind of like a full circle thing for me. Full circle, yeah. yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So how long have you been writing? Um, well, I guess officially you can get me back into high school because I did get like some poems published back then. But really, I, I've been published for seven years, so I've been writing for about ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So ten years writing and seven years publishing. So yep. did you always want to self-publish, or is it something you stumbled into, or did you have a publisher at first? Um, I had a publisher to start with because I really didn't know what I was doing, and then I found out they didn't either. Um, but it happens. <laughs> you don't know. But there's a learning curve. There's a learning curve, yep. and I got into a couple different publishers that did a little bit more, which was nice. But um, I got asked to join a group of authors that were putting out a box, and then a box set. They were individual, like all in the same theme. And in order to do that, I had to self-publish. So I kind of got thrown into it, and I learned how to do it. And I had some people that I knew already were good editors, so she they helped me with editing and formatting. And just recently, I learned how to format and do the full book cover myself. I was oh, I had learned great. a little bit on just the e the Kindle, but I one of my publishers had to close, um, and they gave me everything back. And like I said, I've been lucky when it comes to publishers on that end. I haven't had the fight for my rights back, um, and so all of a sudden I had 16 books I had to put back out, and I'm like I can't afford that, so I had to learn. <laughs> so I did. I learned how to do it myself. So oh, that's awesome. it's, it's yeah. I didn't yeah, I didn't I didn't want to push it back to another publisher. I just wanted to have them out and they've been released and they were good series, so they're coming back out slowly but surely. Oh good. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So did you find like is it better to self publish on some things or would you go back to another publisher? Um, I do have, I still do have um, one publisher. I am looking for another, a couple publishers, just for different genres. Um, but I, I actually just signed a three-book deal with a publisher for a young adult series. Um, oh, nice. Because they know that, 
they know it better than I do as far as marketing, um, I think. Mm-hmm. And I like having that. I like having that an editor. And, I mean, that's not one. I mean, I always have an editor, but someone that maybe looks at it a little differently than the one that's used to me and knows knows all my faults already. Because every time you find a new editor, they're going to find something that you didn't realize you were doing wrong and maybe the other editor didn't know. So I like right. bouncing around a little yeah. bit when it comes to that. Because it's always oh, good okay. to have another person <laughs> So that's what I, so yeah, I, like I said, I've got technically it's well, satin, romance, and fire, and ice, so it's under the same, imp- they're different imprints under the same publisher. So I'm with them okay. right now, and yeah, I'm shopping a couple books, but I'm also, it's also one of those things that I have that, you know what, if I can't get it sold traditionally, I can put it out myself, and that's always kind of in my back pocket because I know how to do it. As long as it lines oh, yes, up with definitely. my current per, per, per schedule, but right now I my schedule's a little bit full until 2021, so why not try to find a publisher to pick up and do a lot of the heavy lifting, especially heavy lifting the marketing. Oh yeah. yes, that that is one of the most interesting and difficult sometimes. So tell me, how yeah. did you become a USA Today bestseller? Um, I did a box set. Um, actually, I was there was a interracial paranormal box set that um, was put out in 2016. Um, it was a group, and one author said she would sponsor me because I said I can't because it was one of those ones with a lot of you have to put so much money in. And so I really mm-hmm. can't do that. And so she sponsored me in there, and all I had to do was whatever promo marketing they told me to do because they already know the formula. And right. we were able to get, yeah, we were able to get up to USA Day. There was a publishing shift that happened, like, right before, and it, it messed us up from getting to the New York Times. But it was mm-hmm. a good experience, and I learned things. And oh, definitely that, so, that works out. And, yep, and I got some readers because I put out an older book. I took down one, actually the first book, the one that I said I did the prologue for. Right. And I put back out in that box set and I got some new readers for that. So that series got to get a little boost again, which was, which is always good. That's great. Nice to have the back book read. Oh, you do? Okay. So what advice would you give to a new writer, someone who's just starting out? Um, Get a good team together. Uh, And what I mean by that is find an editor, find a, find a cover artist, um, find beta readers, find your people that aren't just going to tell you everything is wonderful. Right. Um, you know, uh, don't, I, I suggest brownies because that's my favorite thing when you get your first couple rounds of edits. Just pan of brownies. If you need liquor, go ahead. Otherwise, you have milk, you know, and that'll get you through. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're yeah. crying, you're like, no. Um, and when it comes to your edits, you know your work versus and make and somebody might miss somebody might not get it if they're a beta reader or if they only read part of it. I met right. people that read because I was on autonomy way way back, and this person you know they only read the first chapter because that's what you're supposed to put up there, and they're like this person is not important and you shouldn't have them in there they're just a distraction. Well, they didn't know that that person was actually there's three main characters and he's actually the bad guy. <laughs> 
just because ah. I, have, I, I, you know, I'm like, it's the first chapter. You can't tell characters in the first chapter. You know, if you, if you read the whole book. Yes. It's too early to you know, tell the baseball character out. You have no idea. <laughs> so that's what those people are going to to that person. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, do, you have do no you idea like, where that um, character's going. <laughs> exactly. You can't know that from the first chapter. The first three, maybe. Yeah. But the first chapter, no. Definitely not. Yeah. So do you do um, ARCs or do you have a beta group? Beta um, read? I have, some, I have some people that beta read for me. Um, my PA, my personal sister, is working on getting me an, an art group, um, which will be nice. <laughs> so... Like I said, I may have been in this for a while, but um, there's there's a there's I I can get I get a, a little bit ahead and then I kind of get comfortable and then I move. A little, now I'm taking a new step, so I take little baby steps as I go. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's, yeah. So, have you attempted to do any type of marketing, like video on your Instagram or anything like that? Um, I do have what I call the Friday Fine, and. If you go to my website on Fridays, I I tell you about a, another person's book that I think is awesome. And right now, because I had to redo all my books, I got these arc proof or I got these proofs of the of the books. The insides are good. The outside says cannot sell, so I'm doing a giveaway if you share the Friday find. So if I read a, if I've read a book that I really like, you share you listen to my review of it, you share it, you get entered to win uh, one of my proof books. So what oh, I'm doing okay. for the next month and a half. Yeah, so through probably, I, I think I'm going to be able to go all the way to February doing that. So, but definitely check out Friday Finds on my Facebook page. I do do book trailers. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I signed up for a service and I go and I do book trailers and I've got a ton of them out there and I do have a YouTube page. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing book trailers since, since my first book. I had, uh, there's a girl named, uh, Sierra Ann, and she was still in high school, and I went to high school with her dad, and she had this amazing song that fit my whole series perfectly, and she talked with her agent, and she let me, they let me use it, so ever since the very first book, I've had these book trailers, and yeah, I like doing those. Those are always fun to do. I like doing it myself. It's kind of uh, relaxing sometimes, just just kind of playing with stuff. I do. Yeah, I do the live action ones. I don't like to do just the following this picture, that picture. I like I have the first few I actually did was shot with um some kids because <laughs> it's a it was a it was a new adult series, so some kids let me videotape them and we did the whole thing, put it together and it's kinda cool. Oh nice. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So you also yeah. uh write young adult books as well as uh yep. romance. And are some of your all of your yeah. books kind of multiracial, or just do you separate? I'd say I'd say three fourths. I'd say probably about half are black men with white women. A fourth are black women with either black uh, white men or black men, and then another fourth are just what would be considered white couples. Um, I do have an anthology coming out with my first black woman Asian man. There's gonna be a group of us that are putting it out. Oh, nice. It's gonna be in Tokyo. So okay, so I think I think yeah. Shay Shay um, 
not Shay, Love Journey, I think. Or is it Dahlia Rose? Yeah. One of them. They're, they're going to do it too. Rose. Yep. Dahlia but, Rose. Yeah. Dahlia Rose is in the set I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. So. Okay. That sounds like it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. All athletes, which a lot of mine do tie in with athletics, especially when I first started, almost all of them were athletes. There was an athlete somewhere in the book. Um, oh, nice. I've kind of moved away a little bit from that, but for the most part, yeah, there's usually a football player, basketball player, volleyball player, track, whatever, something like that. Oh, okay. Have you participated in sports growing up? or? I did. I, was, I did volleyball and track through college. My son plays, did basketball and football all through high school, and I did football in college. So, And my husband did football in college. So, we, I know them. <laughs> so you, so you have a family full, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, like, yeah. So that's that's why when you get like in my football, like I have a football series that I'm re-releasing right before on um, the Super Bowl, and that one, I always say, you know, I, I I sat down with former and current NFL players just to make sure I got stuff right in my book because nice. the the I will throw a football book across the room when I if it's like. <laughs> completely. I mean, there's there's a little bit of wiggle room, but no, I no, I actually did literally got to about page fifty, and I couldn't take it anymore. I threw this book across the room. So, like, wow. Don't I can I can take bad editing. I can take a lot of things, but don't mess with the game. So. <laughs> that is true. Just, just can't do it. Yeah. Don't mess. <laughs> no. Don't have them doing things that you cannot do. No. 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 <laughs> See, I'm so stuck on paranormal. I'd probably add some kind of power or some kind of way for them to do something. <laughs> Naturally, it's not. That paranormal is different. Yeah, I love, mm-hmm. I love, I have a few paranormals. Like, my first ones were paranormals. But, yeah, and those are great because then you can do whatever you want to do. But Yes. But I find during research, I try to get as close as I can to what would actually happen and then kind of let the, the other stuff play around. If I can explain it in, in a way that it sounds like that could actually happen. See, that's what I do, too. That's I love doing that where it's like kind of like the J.R. Ward. Well, wait, maybe there is a call bill in New York and we're just all living outside the, the or was it MIMS or something, MERS or whatever. I can't know how it's pronounced, but where they make everybody not believe what's going on in front of them. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how do you develop your your plot and your characters? Um, I used to just wing it. Uh, Seriously, I would get like a basic idea and I would just write, I'd write the scenes, um, sometimes in order. Sometimes I would jump ahead because there's a scene that was, eating at me and I had to get it down so I had it down and then I would connect it um, mm-hmm. now I started storyboarding and that okay. helps me because I do co-write I co-write with a couple authors I co-write with Dahlia and I co-write with Ren McCade and especially with co-writing so that we stay on the same arc right. is a very important thing <laughs> so, we're, so that way we don't and we still go off we still go off the cards but at least with the cards, I know how to get back on. And so today, so oh. that's kind of, yeah, the storyboarding I needed to do because I wrote a sci-fi and it was one with flashbacks and other planets and then back on, the, on Earth. And so I had to storyboard it out in order to make sure that I got things in order where they actually made sense. 
Oh, yes, because that's, that's important. I didn't read you outlines. Otherwise, everything kind of gets jumbled. <laughs> right, and I, and like I said, I used, to, I used to just pants and just go straight through, and I still do to some some level, but I at least try to have a word or, or a phrase or I knew I had one uh, book four of our MC series. We knew we wanted to have something with him, hold my like a hold my beer moment. And it was kind of like, don't hold my beer. But we want because he got really drunk and he did a whole bunch of stupid things. But the point was to get him to a point where she took his beer from him. And he says, you better not do that. I might do something stupid, like fall in love wow. with him. You know, you're holding uh, my beer. I'm going to do something really stupid. So it was to get to that moment, that was like one that we knew, okay, we need to have this in here. Definitely. Oh, well, you are listening to Mahogany Says, and we are chatting with Michelle Prince, uh, best-selling USA Today author. And after this short commercial break, we'll be right back. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. Two Ink Minimums, Book One of the Permanent Hangover series by Michelle Prince. All Finn Gardner wanted was some fresh air when he stepped down to the alley behind the permanent hangover bar and tattoo parlor. Instead, he found someone who needed help. His help. Bailey Parson escapes her life in Chicago to find a better one in St. Paul. Not only does she win over the customers and staff with her smart wit and empathy, she wins over Finn as well. But when Bailey's past threatens their relationship, Finn has a decision to make. Just how much of his dark past does he need to unlock to save her? Two Wings Minimum by USA Today best-selling author Michelle Prince. Get your copy on Amazon today. Hot Coffee. An interracial romance by Donna R. Mercer. A new release on December 3rd is now available for pre-orders on Amazon. Roman is a playboy, but one too many scandals has put his CEO position in jeopardy. He must find a nice girl, one that the board of Hemingway Industries would approve of, and get married before the new year. Kamaya is just the woman he needs with her wholesome, clean image. Roman is the one man who has ever held a place in her heart, but she has no plans of marriage, only philanthropy. So Roman must prove his love and earn Kamaya's trust or risk losing it all. Everyone needs a little cream in their hot coffee. An interracial romance by Donna R. Mercer. For more information, visit www.donnarmercer.com. Hot coffee. Get your copy today. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. And we're back. You are listening to Mahogany Says, and I am Mahogany Silvering. We are talking with USA Today best-selling romance author Michael Prince. You still with us, Michelle? I'm sorry. I said I said yeah. Michael didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. I was born before spell check. It's it's yeah. It happens all the time. 
I'm sorry. I mean, I like Michelle. And then there's, you know, if it's French, it would be Michelle anyway, even if it is Michael in English. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) And it's a different different way to to spell Michelle. (laughs) It is. It is. I'm used to it. We were talking about your and characters. Uh, Tell us how to come up with the titles for your books. Um, Two Ink Minimum, I'm kind of wondering, how did you come up with that title? Well, I I just thought it was kind of, the the book is set above a bar, or there's a tattoo parlor above a bar, and so Mm -hmm. there's always the two drink minimum, so I've kind of, in in all of the ink books, I try to make use of a drinking term, so like, um, ink, yeah, the the next one is, is a series of Ink All Night, and there's Mixed Ink. Um, for the third one, and yeah, we'll see where we go from there. But yeah, the two ink minimum. There's even a part where um, Bailey kind of asks, "Do I have to have a tattoo to work here?" And they say, "They you don't have to, but they tend to show up." You know, <laughs> kind of what they say because you've got <laughs> a tattoo parlor just up the stairs, and you know. Exactly. Because yeah, a lot of the people have tattoos that are working there, but it, it's 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 yeah. It was a fun story. I, I asked them, I shouldn't say fun story. It's kind of a darker story. Um, it's probably one of my more favorite ones because it stretched me a little bit more. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do it. And then the publisher I was with, I, I had the football series with them. I had an MC series with them. They said, you know, you really should do an ink series. And I'm like, I'm not doing a tattoo parlor series. And then it just kept rolling in my head. And I kept seeing Finn going out and seeing this person mm-hmm. when he's just trying to get a breath of fresh air and, seeing this person pretending like saying, I wasn't trying to go through your garbage, you know, and this connection made. And um, I just, they, they stayed with me. So I actually went to my own tattoo artist and I sat with him and sat in the, the parlor for about three hours asking them questions, just, just procedure questions and just kind of listening. Cause obviously when I get my tattoos, I hear the language that's spoken because every subgenre of group of people has a different language that they speak. Um, it's right. Just, it, you you start yeah. So there's a different language in there, and they laughed at me because they said, "Yeah, keep calling." My publisher called these ink slinger books, and he's like, "That is stupid." So I never call them <laughs> inkers because they always say because they said these are inker books, and I'm like, I never call them inkers. They are tattoo artists. I learned the difference between a tattooer and a tattoo artist. Um, the needles, how those work, the ink, how it works, um, and just in general, how they do their stuff. And they, what what is the difference? Between a tattooer and a tattoo artist? A tattooer were the original um, ones where you would come in with a picture and they would just, they would put that on you. A tattoo artist designs their own. Ah, okay. So really, an artist. They are an artist. They're not just, you know, everybody. You know, you come, you pick the thing on off the wall that's just generic, and they, you know, put right. twenty five anchors saying "mom" on them. That was a tattoo tour. They have that ability. But if an artist is one that will design and figure out, and even with mine, when I go and get mine, it's always it seems like it's eight hours, even though it doesn't it should it feels like it shouldn't take that long but it's because he is mm-hmm. measuring my arm and he is making sure with like my husband has conan sword on his 
arm, and we he thought, oh, I want it right here, and he was like, mm. he looked at it and he measured him, and he looked and said, no, it needs to be over here because then when you roll your arm, it's going to look this way, and it's, I think I think with the, with how tattooing has become now, it is right. truly an art form. Like he taught me yeah, about definitely. the jewel tones. Yeah, there's no such thing as gold. It's brown with specks of white in there that you make and you figure that out and like in my second book in the series that comes out later this year he is a he calls himself the, the boob king the nipple king of the midwest he, he he deals with people that have scars or like mastectomies like in right. October it's always buy one nip, buy one nipple get one free from him but he's got this ability to shade and and if somebody has like a keloid scar because they had a bad accident, he knows how to deal with that type of skin because it's totally different than trying to nice. deal with regular skin. So I learned all about that type of stuff too. So, oh, so each of the artists, have, yes, yeah, each of the artists that are in the that are that are in the tattoo parlor, there's six of them. They each have their own specialty. So. Oh, okay. Nice. So. So when I read this one, this will be my second ink series that I've read about. So. <laughs> yeah, I only have one yep, tattoo. So. <laughs> yeah, I have one. I got one when I was in college, and then I, when I started writing, I finally got another one. So I have one that I add to all the time, but it's got, it starts with a typewriter, and then there's books flying across my back along with symbols from each of my series, and it, it's going to work its way down to the to my wrist, which right now I have the wrist and my tagline tattooed on my arm already, but that's the nice. plan is to fill it all, my arm all in with books. So. Oh, cool. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. Definitely you have to take pictures of that. That sounds interesting. Oh, uh, my yeah, daughter I've got a couple pictures up as I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my daughter, she's almost head to toe. And there's only... Out of all of us, I was supposed to go get a tattoo when one of them turned 18, my eldest daughter. And I didn't go to I chickened out. And then I finally got a tattoo in my 40s. <laughs> so I got my first one in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were making fun of it you. It took me a while. It's only been 20 years. It's only been 20 years since my last tattoo. And they're like, okay, that's a pretty long spread. <laughs> like, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Because my daughter, it seems like every few months she's coming up with something new. But she has some really neat, interesting tattoos. And she's got the... Um, have yes. She has the phase of the moon tattooed on her fingers. It looks really pretty. Just right across. And I was like, didn't that hurt? It's right above the knuckles. And she's like, yeah, but it's pretty. I'm like, well, that's pretty. <laughs> so anyway, there I'm sorry. We digress. <laughs> so describe a, a typical writing day for you. Oh, I don't have those anymore. No, I try to, because I have a nine-to-five, as we call it, and so I try to get in a few thousand words in the evening, but usually when I'm really close to deadline or when I get to about the halfway part in the book, that's when I really uh-huh. just buckle down, because I usually have like four or five books going at a time, because if one shuts down in my head, I just go to the next one and keep going. And um, uh-huh. so, but when I, but when I'm past that 50 point mark, that's when I just buckle down and I basically just tell my husband, go away. Stay, well, my son's not, my son's at college, so I don't have to worry about that. But I just kind of say, you need to stay either in the bedroom and let me have the living room, or vice versa. But I need to get 10,000 words today, and that's when I'll spend the entire 
because I, I work four times. So I work till Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is really hard during football season for me. But Friday, <laughs> Sunday, I usually I'll try to buckle down and just like I have found I can get almost 2,000 words during a Vikings football game, almost. But yeah, wow. no, for the most part, I just have to turn. I have to turn off everything and just really focus, and then I kind of get the last part of the book. But it's always that beginning, build up, build up, build up, and then when I get there, I just I, I block everybody out. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah. You just I can write reviews or, or do something else, but if, if I'm trying to finish a book, it's kind of hard. You just have to just buckle down and do it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I but and my hard thing, to do that. It is, and the thing I hate most in every book, and there's an author called Liz, Liz um, Beth Selvig, and she calls it the too stupid to live moment. It's always the dark moment. Like, I, I don't do that. I rarely, once in a while, I have the series where I have somebody, oh, they almost die, and that's kind of the dark moment. Those I can do. But it, when it's just a communication error, or she calls mm-hmm. it, like I said, the too stupid to live moment, I hate doing those. <laughs> I, I could do the ending, and like we were over that. But my two stupid live moments are usually really short because for me, I just it's it's a it's a too stupid to live moment. So it it shouldn't be happening. <laughs> so. I can understand that. <laughs> and that's always and that's always at the end, and that's usually when I'm up and you know grabbing food or pacing around or cursing my how horrible my writing is because I can't do that. My, that moment doesn't work for me very well, but it does. My readers like it when I finally get it out, but it's, it's a painful part. <laughs> of every book. So what's the most difficult part about writing for you? Um, uh, besides, you, know, you just kind of explains a little bit. Yeah. So the actual writing process is that, um, the actual being an author is the marketing. It's my, I, I'm like, I will pay people to do whatever they can do because I'm it's just not my thing. I don't like sharing in groups 10 times a day. I'll do it because you have to. But yeah, for me, I'm just like, everybody else do it, please, please. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I know, that's not I really. I don't have the brain power. I know, but it's time-consuming. It, it really is. I mean, it it pays off it in is. ways. But it 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 is because then I, I feel like I'm I'm chained to my computer sometimes when I do that. So I the, the last binge, I'm like, okay, I need I need space. I, it's like I almost don't want to get on Facebook or anything else. <laughs> and I I I was doing I do Hootsuite a little bit, but mm-hmm. even setting that that setting that up is a lot. And then half the time it doesn't post to where it's supposed to post to. And then I'm just like, I, cause now it doesn't link with Instagram and now it doesn't do this. And now I'm like, what is the, I want a social, if you know the social marketing platform that puts it everywhere, that's mm-hmm. what I really need. So Tootsuite's not working anymore. <laughs> oh goodness. I know it's almost like you wish they could just, you can type on one, it would just show up on all of them. <laughs> and that would yeah, just be- and I and I yes, and I like that about Hootsuite is that you could program out for like the next year and have everything coming out. But because of all the privacy things now, now it's not it's butting up against that, and half the time it doesn't post them. But like all the time I took to put this together, exactly. So, but it's a it's a necessary evil. <laughs> that is true because what's a book if no one's heard about it or if no one knows about it? 
then they can't read it. Yep. Exactly. So what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? Interesting writing quirk. Um, well, I know my playlist is very interesting um, because my playlist will jump, jump through pretty much every single genre. I mean, literally from like opera to country to hip hop to 90s gangster rap to pop to then you got another aria in there. And then you've got, yeah, that would probably be one of my weirder writing quirks, I think. <laughs> And yeah, that and sometimes right. it lines up. Sometimes it lines Which up. writing? Yes, and sometimes it really doesn't. But then now, like I had a, I have a wedding scene where I there, uh, there's a song by Celine Dion and Placido Domingo, I think, you know, is one of the three tenors, and it's half sung in Italian, half, and I, I decided to use that song for. It. That and every time it comes on, now I'm just like crying because I remember that wedding scene. Oh, the wedding scene. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm just walking down. Wow. Yeah, the music is important. It it really is. I think I actually wrote one song into uh, when I was writing "Tell You Tell Me You Love Me" uh, because I was listening to it at the time. <laughs> it just seemed yes, to fit. I- I'm like, oh, yeah, that would go perfect in here. Yeah, it's one it. of my friends, she actually wrote her entire book is based off of a Taylor Swift album. So, like, every oh, wow. is like, that. <laughs> I'm like, whatever gets it written, that's all that matters. Well, that is true. As long as you get there, right? <laughs> exactly. Get it over. However it gets there, it's fine. But, yeah, no, I think... I think for writing quirk-wise, that would be my biggest weird thing is that my, like I said, my my playlist is just very eclectic, so. <laughs> Mine is too, <laughs> especially here. We're just, I'll go back and forth between uh, sometimes I, if I'm listening to jazz or I may be listening to Janet Jackson or, you know, and it's actually like, and so that's, I'm starting to listen to that too, and it's like, oh, yeah, that actually fits. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than going from ludicrous sexting to Reba McIntyre, you know, you yeah. lie, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it fits. <laughs> or if I'm doing a particular fast scene, or yeah, or writing a fight scene, and I'll just start listening to like Corn or something because it's like, that's how yeah. I feel. At the moment during that scene, and that's what I'm like picturing this like a movie. <laughs> this music would be playing yes. in the background. <laughs> Eminem's another good one for that. Oh yes, Pink. yes, Pink, definitely. Very good for fight scenes. Very very good for fight scenes. So, who is your favorite character out of? I know you've got several. How many series do you have? I have eight series now. I have uh, forty books. Officially, now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Um. You know, I really do like Finn from Two Ink Men and Mom. Um. I really do. I love. I'm. Green is coming out in January, and Bounty is just hilarious. He kind of reminds mm-hmm. me a little of Rage. Rage from a. Um, from the Black Dagger Brotherhood. He's kind of that kind of character. Um, mm-hmm. 
silly and goofy. And um, Oscar is kind of my all-time book boyfriend from the Chrysalis series. He's kind of the, he's kind of like the pinnacle of all my book boyfriends. But yeah, no, I really do like Finn and Bailey. I love Finn and Bailey. I I want the Ink series to take off more than it is, but like my publisher said, just wait till the third book's out. Then everything's gonna be just gonna take off. So I hope so because I really do like the characters in these. Yeah. Even as I was kind of reading your blurb and, and going through and looking at it, I love the cover, first of all. Cause I was, the first, when you first sent it, I was like, he's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my yeah. models, Eli, because I, I do take stock cover photos, and that's Eli. And he is just the sweetest. He's, he's got the deepest voice, and he's just so sweet. And so wow. Nice. Also, you've actually met him. Yes, yes. Most of my cover models most of my covers, not all, but most of my covers are actually my models. Oh, even, even my publish, even my ones through my publisher, a lot of times I can talk them into using my pictures instead. So yeah, that is Eli. That really came out nice. That's a really Thanks. good cover. <laughs> so um, you mentioned you're on social media, so where else can readers find you and your books? I know you said you have a website. Uh, I do, and it's michelleprincebooks.com, and it's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L, Prince, the artist formerly known as, and books. Um, oh. And then it's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of like that on Facebook. Facebook is Michelle, you know, forward slash the Michelle Prince books. Same with Instagram, and Twitter is just Michelle Prince one. But you just got to remember I was born before spell check, so it's just M-I-C-H-E-L. <laughs> That's all right. I still love it, even though I, I, I mispronounced it earlier. <laughs> it, like I said, I was put I was put in the men's dorm. I was put in boys' PE. I'm used to it. <laughs> oh my goodness! I thought I was bad. I went into basic training, and my uh, maiden name is Roy, but my first name is Kamiko. But I had Roy on my course on my chest, and I was like, "What's the matter, Roy? Your parents wanted a boy." And I'm like, "No." We're just Scottish. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not that complicated. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> we were pirates, Rob Roy. We were pirates. There we go. That's right, Rob Roy. We were pirates. <laughs> I actually do love pirates, though. Uh, every year we have yes. a, a festival here, um, Renaissance Fair. And it's like just outside of Atlanta and Fairburn. And I usually like to go on the weekend with the pirates because they're a lot of fun. They actually get drunk and sing, and they have this whole group, uh, the Pirates of Atlanta, and they do parades, they do get-togethers, community service, they wrap gifts for children for Christmas, and they do all kinds of stuff. But they're just so hilarious. (laughs) It's like the best fun. There's drinking and hanging out with them. (laughs) They get loud and they get silly. Yeah, but they, they actually sing really well. So... And they sing even better when they're drunk. So. <laughs> That's probably how they try out. Must be drunk. Right? They have to audition. Must be drunk. You must not sing. <laughs> exactly. It makes sense to me. We have the Vulcans up here, which I I don't know how that all works, but I just know that like they go around and they'll they'll mark you as theirs as they walk by, and they're all wear red. And I have no idea. They're kind of a community service. 
northern pirates because they have to be dressed a little bit warmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> almost Vikings. But they usually. <laughs> yes, almost Vikings. They're called the Vulcans, and they they usually do cause trouble. <laughs> it's what <laughs> they do. Wow. So which one of your books was the most enjoyable to write? I know that's a lot because you've got a lot of books and like 40 is a lot. But which one was the most enjoyable to write? The quickest and easiest was my first, actually. Chrysalis, that one just like flew out of me. Once I once I opened up and started doing it, it just went crazy. Um, I honestly I don't know. I kind of like my Growing Strong series is a lot of little kids, so I get to do a lot of little kid things mm-hmm. and have their little, like, Claire in the Growing Strong series. She's two and a half, almost three, and she loves wearing her tights, and she calls them her pretties, and she just, like, is in tears <laughs> because she got a hole in her pretties, and it's just one of my favorite oh, things ever. It's her about to die because her pretties, which she had already outgrown, had a hole in the knee, and they were the bestest <laughs> ones ever. And she, so I like, you know, I really like being this little two-year-old crying with while she's holding her pretties that were just so gonna die because she didn't have them until she found out she she was gonna get another pair, and then then she was kind of okay. But you know, it's just that overly <laughs> dramatic two-year-old stuff that that was kind of fun to write. That stuff is kind of fun. Oh, that's good. I only had one children's book, but writing for children sometimes it can be a little difficult, but it's a lot of fun just trying to yeah, get into her headspace. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's kids in the book. They're not. They're it's not definitely not a children's book, but um, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, but, a, but they it's have kind of yeah. They have to have their moments in the book. And you know, she likes she loves baths. So she, if she hears anything that sounds like a bath, like someone's a, grabbed a bat, she will strip down naked and go running because she's ready to go in the bath. And she's just a character. <laughs> oh, sounds like a cute two-year-old. <laughs> yes, she is. Well, for those of you just joining us, we are talking with uh, best-selling author Michelle Prince, and we're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back to. You discuss more with Miss Prince. Wonderful. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net Like a moth to a flame burned by the fire My love is blind, can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes
You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net And we are back. I am Mahogany Silverine. You are listening to Mahogany Says. And we are talking with Michelle Prince. So tell me, Michelle, what do you do for fun just outside of writing? Um, well, I cross-stitch. And oh, that's interesting. I used to do. Yeah, I used to do it when I was it's just one of those things that I was able to pick up. I didn't ever got into knitting, but I picked up cross stitch. And then as I was going to basketball games, I learned that if I'm cross stitching, I'm not going to be yelling. So that, that got me through about fourth through about eighth grade. And then I was like, I, I, I couldn't yeah, that was just a little, that was even more, I, it was too big of a game. I couldn't just sit there and cross stitch because it would, I was too focused, but yeah, focused, I, I do yeah. love, yeah, I do love watching movies and video games or going to football games or any of that stuff. That's kind of my fun stuff is watching football. My husband's a slow people. I'm like, uh, I, he wants to watch the highlights. can't stand it anymore because I probably ruined it for him because I get really into it. And then he'll be mad because, like, it'll be one weird rule. And I'm like, what was that rule? But, yeah, my son's football team their their last game I actually had to look up the rule and even the announcers had to look it up who said and it said the least common rule ever called is and it was just one I'm like okay nobody ever calls this but they got called so I'm like wait what is this new thing so yeah I'm kind of a I'm a, I, I love watching that I love watching volleyball I love watching track I, gymnastics so jealous those are jealous I love watching them so yeah I'm just waiting and the Olympics part of the reason why we're doing the anthology is because I absolutely love the Olympics I, if I uh-huh. could I would just take off that whole well I'd take off that whole six weeks and just sit and watch the whole time like I have it going all the time while I'm working I will have the different channels going I don't care if it's archery or launder I mean I don't care what it is I'm just all in for summer Olympics, not winter, but summer. I will watch every little bit of it if I can. Oh, oh that's. Good. I always get, like to watch the winter sports because it's just interesting for me because I didn't grow up with a lot of snow and I did try to ski once, <laughs> once because <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, yeah. I you know see, I still haven't even done that. I, I know my son tried snowboarding once. I think because the school went. But yeah, no, that's not me either. But I, I like to watch watching ice skating. But for the most yeah. part, I'm ice definitely. Yeah. So if you could have only one season, what would it be? The football count as a season? No, um, it'd be <laughs> probably fall. Yeah, that, that would be fall, I, I right? <laughs> Yeah, and I like the little bit of snow that we get at the end of fall before mm-hmm. it gets like the really heavy snow. I mean, but I don't mind being, because I work from home, so that's nice. So being snowbound isn't that big of a deal to me. I I could sit in a cabin. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Um, oh, that's nice. But yeah. 
So I like fall because it's a little bit cooler, but it's still warm enough you can go out if you need to. Oh, yes, definitely. We don't really have uh, seasons too much here. You can only tell it's different because you see more of the red leaves, but we don't actually have like a – we kind of have a fall and a summer because <laughs> your spring kind of feels like fall. And winter, it hardly – I mean, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen snow. <laughs> it just rains a lot. It rains a lot in the winter. Right? It, really, it, it does. And it and it's just it's just rainy and wet, and we get that kind of slushy ice, but it's not as yeah. It's not as, I don't like the slushy ice. Yeah, it's like you can't do anything I with just, this. <laughs> no, you can't build a snowman. You can't it's throw it at your dog. Yeah. I know, and then it does snow. It lasts for like one day, and the kids make their snowman by the next day. It snows like melted. So. <laughs> They don't like that. <laughs> Just like yeah. Yeah, Trust me, you wouldn't want to stay in snow all the time. No, not, not all the time. Not, trust not me, right? March, it. we're just like done. We're done with it in March, but we'll get it all the way to May. So. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, the latest, I think, was like April. But I remember like April 20, like the late 20s. So, yeah. It can go up north. When they go up a little further north, it'll come in in May. Now, let's see, the furthest north I've been is uh, North and South Dakota, and that was pretty cold. That was pretty cold. That is very cold. Yeah, because if you've been to North Dakota, that's like northern Minnesota. It's cold and yeah. snows. And... I, I was yeah. layered. I was still cold. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of why I do cold. I do royal. I have a a book signing that I host inside the Mall of America. It's called Royal Readers. But we do it in late, in, well, this time it'll be in early August. And I was telling you, it's our week of summer. Come. And, yeah. Yeah, it was actually a little bit too cool last time. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't <laughs> expecting, because normally in August we get those nice hundred and some degree days, and it was 60s and 70s, which was actually nice, except for my poor people that came from Florida, like Asana, who was like, he's like, it's her and her son sitting there with a sweatshirt on there. Everybody else is still in t-shirts. Just like, it's still nice. It's only 60 or 70. <laughs> yeah. I know. It gets a little, it drops below 60 here and people start coming out with coats and stuff. I'm thinking, <laughs> it's that cold. <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing right here is yeah. the, the hoodie sweatshirt with shorts and Uggs. I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, aren't your legs? I don't get the Uggs part of it. Yeah I, yeah, I don't get any of it because I'm thinking this is really not practical. It's cold, it's rainy, and you're wearing shorts, a sweaty. Uh, no, I saw sweaty. I guess that was a sweatshirt and <laughs> hoodie together. <laughs> it's a sweaty. We made up a new word. It works. It's a new word. There we go. <laughs> so before we go, is there anything you would like to tell our listeners about you and oh. your books? Um, my books have heroines that don't need their heroes, but they want them. And I have a big debate always with people about the whole need-want thing. I don't like the heroines that, oh, my God, he left me. My life is over. Because um, I think it's a stronger bond if they want them versus this need to have them. Other, you know, If I don't have this person, that's kind of where you get to the stalker stage. So that's so all of my for the most part. I do have one with a cliffhanger, but 
Um, it's in a series, so it's all good, and they're all out. Um, but for the most part, I have happy, happily ever afters. And again, it's heroines that aren't going to be, they're not the whiny ones that have to have this man or their advice is over. And same with the guys. I don't like the guys. I mean, they may want them, but, right. you know, they're not going to die if they don't have them. So that's like it's all stalkerish and, and crazy. But um, for the next few months, definitely watch my Friday Finds because I'll tell you about some amazing authors and you can go back and listen to any of my other ones. But if you share them, you'll get free books. So that's always a good thing. Definitely. And, yeah. And definitely come to Royal Readers <laughs> at the Mall of America. It's in the biggest mall in the country. So come up in August nice. 8th, you know, and we're going to have over 50 authors there. And we have great VIP bags, and it'll be a lot of fun. Well, that sounds awesome. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. All right, you have a good evening and take care. And thank you everyone for listening. Go in peace, be happy, spread love, blessings, peace, and love. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. You have been listening to Mahogany Says with Mahogany Silverine at MahoganySilverine.net. Thank you and good night. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silverine. MahoganySilverine.net.